0: This podcast is part of the No Phony Podcast Network, the home of independent awesomeness.
1: Earth's still moving. Okay. Finds a new sun, gets sucked into its orbit, hmm. de and then we end up here. <laughs> wow. I don't think I've ever heard that theory before. And you think there might be a reason you've never heard that before? <laughs> I don't know. It seems feasible, though, doesn't it?
2: Once again, it's
3: time for the idiots. Objective defense of the '80s from a
2: couple of idiots.
0: Welcome back to another episode of The Idiots, an objective defense of 1980s pop culture from a couple of idiots. My name is Will, and joining me, I got distracted by you holding your headphones on your head while you drink. My name is Will. And joining me, uh, as always, is my friend and co-host, Ray. Uh, yep, I'm happy to be here, and welcome back, Conquering Hero. <laughs> you know, I think, uh, I'm think i thinking about how humans evolved to be more efficient at things. All animals do. So yeah, at of course. some, some <laughs> At some point, you were drinking your adult beverage yeah, in one and of my, our episodes. Yeah, so my headphones fell off. <laughs> So you learned to hold my <laughs> yeah. why while you drank. Oh, I wish we were recording this video-wise now, but we're mm-hmm. getting there soon. All right, I got, got a couple more little minor upgrades to make, and then we'll be able to share um, more video f- with folks. Um, but yes, I was at Wizard World in Columbus, Ohio, this past weekend, where I had the great fortune to speak with two of the nicest people who happen also to be icons from the 1980s. I'm talking about the World Wrestling Federation legend, and I said Federation on purpose, talk about that later the world wrestling federation legend honky-tonk man about whether the 1980s was the best decade for wrestling and then you'll get to hear my interview with the original and our favorite jennifer parker from back to the future miss claudia wells and i asked her whether the 1980s was the best decade for wait for it fashion, right. And you'll find out why she's the perfect person to ask that when you hear that just a little bit later in the show. But for now, let's catch up on 80s news. So as proof as, uh, as to the awesomeness of 1980s pop culture, you need look no further than Wizard World in Columbus, Ohio this past weekend. But as is always true, there's also plenty of news uh, where we've got uh, some 1980s property that is still thriving today. So the first bit of 80s news, I actually learned from my friend Eric, who's also a listener of the show. According to the Recording Industry Association of America, records, vinyl records, are expected to outsell CDs in 2019. Well, that's kind of cool. And and of course, it was in the 1980s where uh, CDs, you know, first came to uh, popularity and overtook uh, vinyl sales. Yes. Yeah. Although, you know, it occurs to me that was news. And now I'm thinking, wait a second. Who's buying CDs? That should be an easy
1: accomplishment, actually, right? Yeah, because vinyl is now like a collector's item. Right. And uh, bands will only put out so many, so they're all going to sell. Yeah. Because you want it, you know. Whereas even I don't buy CDs anymore, so that tells you.
0: Yeah, because I guess if you want something digital, you can just get it on your phone or... Yeah, you just stream ...YouTube or whatever. Mm -hmm. But if you want that warm, crackly feeling that you can only get from a piece of vinyl, you have to buy the record. Yeah, you can't get, the
1: reproduction doesn't sound quite right for vinyl to digital.
0: So, so yeah. And so ideally you'd be able to bring that music around with you certainly I enjoy the sound of records, but it's just not practical. You ever seen a car with a with a record player in it? No, I haven't. Those
1: are hilarious. And, I've seen footage of these things. How does it handle the, uh, it got some kind of suspension no, system? Or? No, it doesn't <laughs> handle it
0: very well at all. But it's oh, hilarious. Boy. Yeah. I, one of my greatest regrets is around the time I went to college, I gave away my records. Oh, man. I, I still, for many years, I was still upset about that. How could you DJ without your records? Well, I had given up DJing at that point. I think I... Oh, no. It was like after my... I think the last gig I had was like after freshman year in college. It was freshman year in college, and then I gave it up. If I had money to buy vinyl, I'd yeah. also have a large vinyl collection. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think that more the heart of nineteen eighties nineteen eighties pop culture is captured by vinyl than by by CDs. Although the the transition from the one to the other, I guess during the decade is is, is also sort of uh, you know I don't know emblematic uh, of what happened you know during that during that time. Yep. So and you have a, an eighties highlight, or An eighties moment you wanted to
1: highlight. Uh, the greatest thrash metal band of all time was formed in October of nineteen eighty one. Metallica. Is that right? Yes, sir. Okay, so informed. This is when this is the period of time when they're living in a van. This is yes. This is when they're all just starting out, wide eyed, you know, just getting ready to experience the magical journey that is Metallica, hmm. or as I like to refer to them at that time, as Alcoholica. <laughs> and well, explain. Well, that was one of their nicknames. Oh, you could actually get the patches that said Alcoholica I with see. their logo That font. You know. Yeah. Yes, they
0: were big drinkers back in the day. Well, yeah. Hey, welcome, Metallica. But we're still mad at them, though, right? Uh, We're waiting to see how all these stories unfold around them. And so, if you don't know, uh, the issue is that Metallica was working with Live Nation, uh, conspiring to sell Metallica tickets on the secondary market, essentially scalp Metallica tickets, you know, uh, where they would uh, mark the tickets up substantially, and Metallica was set to get, uh, or or did, get 40% of the resale of value yes yeah i don't think uh, last time i checked there was no resolution to those uh it's it's also hard to stay mad at them. i mean what are you gonna do so did, did, did this ticket uh resale issue stop you from listening to metallica no no oh, okay so i can't stay mad at you i can't quit you Okay, in other 80s news, uh, an update to a story that we talked about just a short time ago regarding He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. So according to the Hollywood Reporter, an unnamed source uh, has told them that Sony Pictures' Tim Rothman is looking into the possibility of selling the film, uh, Masters of the the Universe, straight out to Netflix for a flat uh, payday. You know, this would obviously... Uh, lim- limit or eliminate their risk, uh, because then Sony wouldn't then have to distribute the picture themselves to theaters and hope to make a profit. You know,
1: Netflix is killing it. They got a lot of good stuff
0: on there. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. If if it's does this change the potential for the quality of the of the film because it's on Netflix?
1: It may actually be better if it's on Netflix. Yeah because you can pretty much do whatever you want. Yeah. I mean, to an extent, but they've been pretty good about letting people just write their stories and putting them out there.
0: Yes, you're right. And, uh, you know, the Dark Crystal prequel is a good example of that. I know a Netflix exclusive that that turned out very well and, you know, felt very much like something... uh, Worthy of the 1980s. Yes. I have to look it up because I, m- I remember reading not too long ago that it, it's a question how Netflix is making money. Because it seems like I think they're losing money every year, honestly. And honestly, I want to lie to you about this. Wow. Well, I would just assume they're a money laundering organization for like a crime syndicate. Oh, maybe. That's one theory. Another theory is they're willing, really, you know, that idea you have to spend money to make money. But apparently they're spending like billions, you know, to make, I guess, to make billions. But I think they're losing billions right now. In other news, another other 80s news, just Friday we got the announcement that the new Ghostbusters film had wrapped. To show that it wrapped, Jason Reitman tweeted a photo. In the photo, uh, Jason is seen, as well as his father, Ivan, who uh, directed and produced the original Ghostbusters. Also, there is Finn Wolfhard, who is not only in the Ghostbusters sequel, but you know him from Stranger Things. Uh, Absent from the photo, though, are any of the original cast members... uh, who, it's our understanding at least, are supposed to be in it.
1: Well, that was the uh, what we've all heard. I mean, if they're not in it, then... We revolt! Yeah, we're going to have to burn Hollywood to the ground again. Right. Again! Well, <laughs> 2016,
0: we did that, didn't oh, we? Oh, boy. Uh, yes. No. Yes. No? No. <laughs> Definitely not. Why am I agreeing with you? That's completely False. You know, I was a little concerned because, and I I meant to bring this up a few weeks ago, but um, there were some reports that, as far as we knew, Bill Murray really wasn't going to be in it.
1: There's no way he's not going to be in this movie, even if it's just a cameo.
0: Yeah, I hope it's not like the cameos in the past, but I did see, though, um, I did find something in September when trying to flesh this out, was was that uh, in September he was spotted in the area where they were filming. So we feel pretty good that probably he was there for some Ghostbusters-related thing. There's no report still, though, that uh, Rick Moranis was in the area, or is it going to be in the film? And that's, I'm really still
1: holding out for that. Yeah, if they, if they kept that a secret
0: this long, that's one of the best-kept secrets in Hollywood. I think if he's going to be in it, I mean, I don't care how good the movie is then. It could be terrible. And if Rick Moranis is in it, it'll be... Hmm.
1: I'm going to double down and say he takes the role of the secretary for the Ghostbusters. Okay. all right. They move him in. We that got end. one! Yeah. And that would be amazing. i be for that. Uh, whatever. I, I'm for it. If he voices Slimer, I'll take it. Anything. anything. Yeah,
0: okay. anything we can get. And speaking of Ghostbusters, I had the chance to speak with Jamie of the Central Ohio Ghostbusters at Wizard World this past weekend. I'm here with Jamie from the Central Ohio Ghostbusters, and uh, they have a display here in Wizard World, Columbus, Ohio, and it's amazing because you can see a number of tr- uh, tricked out cars, cars that are ready to help fight uh, And fight and capture ghosts. Uh, Jamie, what is it about the Ghostbusters that's, I guess, allowed it to survive and be so popular uh, for 30, 35 35 years now? What do you think?
2: Yeah, well, uh, this year was the 35th anniversary of the movie, and really I think the movie is just, it's uh, it's a classic. It's got comedy, it's got a little bit of horror, and it's just, um, you know, something that survived all this time, and people still, uh, you know, recognize the movie, they'll give us quotes from the movie and talk about the characters, and everyone just loves it.
0: I, whenever I'm somewhere and I get a bill, I still say it's too hot. I had no idea it'd be so much, I won't pay it. Usually a Giant Eagle, and sure. then they look at me oddly. So how do, what are your feelings about the new Ghostbusters movie coming out uh, uh, with Paul Rudd in it?
2: Well, I'm actually I'm trying to avoid hearing anything about it, because I want to go and see it and see how it is without hearing um, anyone talk about it beforehand. But I do know they just finished um, Principal Photography in Canada just this week. I saw that post, so... I'm looking forward to it to come out next year.
0: Hmm, I don't want to spoil anything for you then. Hmm, but I heard some things that, uh, well, I heard heard that, and maybe you heard this already, that Jason Reitman said that they had asked for footage from the old movie, the original movie, that footage that was never used and that they have something special planned for it in this movie, and we don't know what that is. I'm thinking maybe time travel. I'm ho- hoping. I don't. I don't know. If you remember, if you remember, if you recall, the original Dan Aykroyd script had them traveling like through time and space, and it was too much money, so they set it in New York City. But um, are you looking forward to seeing the old characters return into in the new film?
2: Yeah, definitely. And we we're. I was disappointed in the movie they did in 2016 that it wasn't kind of more like a passing the torch type thing where they had the old cast uh, more involved than than what they ended up doing.
0: Yeah, those cameos were kind of lame. But uh, yeah, well, hey, Jamie, is is there another film that you're uh, as into uh, as the as the Ghostbusters, or is this your, I guess, epitome of uh, ultimate uh, filmmaking?
2: Um, yeah this this is our this is our thing. We do Ghostbusters, so we we um we will make appearances all year long with our you know full Ghostbuster gear, uh, the cars, um, and we drive these cars like this every day. So you might see us out on the highway driving around town. Um in the Ghostbuster
0: cars. So then this is this is our big thing. Yeah, I feel safer knowing that I can see that vehicle passing by. Thank you so much, Jamie. Thank you once again to Jamie for his time at Wizard World this past weekend in Columbus, Ohio. If you'd like to find out more about the Central Ohio Ghostbusters, you can find them on Facebook. And the final eighties news story I want to mention is that actor Crispin Glover, who played Marty McFly's dad, George McFly, is unfortunately still at odds with Bob Gale. If you remember Bob Gale was a writer and producer Uh, on the original Back to the Future. And Crispin Glover appears in the original Back to the Future, but he doesn't appear in the sequel Back to the Future 2, although it seems like he was in it.
1: Yeah, they made a mask of his
0: face and used it without his permission. Yeah, and they even went so far as to have that character hanging upside down to further obscure the fact that it wasn't really Crispin Glover. Had he never come forward, I would have thought it was him. Yeah, me too. And one of the issues he takes place, and he had an interview with Collider.com, which you can watch online. Um, one of the issues he says he has is that folks still come up to him and say, you know, think and think it was him in the movie. And he personally feels like it was a bad acting performance. He has nothing personal against the actor, but he said it wasn't mm-hmm. how he would have done it. Um, but he says the other issue he has, uh, although he's made his peace with Bob Zemeckis, he's still at odds with Bob Gale, Bob Gale because according to McGlover, he Bob Gale, quote, lies about things he really does and I had to respond to, to those certain lies, uh, end quote. One of the things, the issue is, is that he says Bob Gale keeps saying that the reason why he wasn't in the film was because of money, when I don't think Crispin offered another explanation, but uh, says that that wasn't the truth. And he regrets that he's not able to participate in all these reunions and everything because of these issues. But Well,
1: I'm sure Crispin's uh, fine and dandy with all the money he's made on other projects, so.
0: Yeah, it's a little sad to see our, you know, the family broken up so to yeah, speak but well he's
1: got a lot of other cool 80s movies he's got what a, the river's edge that's a good one with him i you
0: know <laughs> hmm. yeah i don't remember it but okay sure <laughs> and speaking of back to the future this past weekend in wizard world i also had the pleasure of speaking with scott from ohio time machine rental about his tricked out delorean <laughs> Hey, I'm here now with Scott, the owner of Ohio Time Machine Rental. Well, you can actually rent a DeLorean. Uh, yes. that's, uh, it looks like the one straight out of the film, Scott. I don't know how you, you got it from Doc Brown, but uh, maybe you can let us know a little bit about that or not.
3: <laughs> well, yes. It's Doc Brown created, which technically means uh, I actually bought the car off of eBay in a place called St. Lucia, Florida. And then I had the car uh, transferred to a fabricator in, in seven months, They shipped me up what you're seeing in front of you, a custom time machine conversion
0: DeLorean. Well, and, you know, folks, we'll have to get a picture so we can let folks see this, but it's the first time I've seen a DeLorean hover like this. I've seen other DeLoreans that seem like they were a time-traveling machine, but uh, I can't believe my eyes here. This thing is actually hovering. Uh,
3: Yeah, so, actually, um, I have uh, several clients who are engineers that actually designed what you're seeing here in the hover conversion. So that is actually quarter-inch steel stilts that the car is on with a full tire uh, that's underneath it. So you have that full effect with a hydraulic arm uh, prop on top of that. So that's what's giving you that illusion, of course, with the LEDs underneath. You you can't really tell that it's actually sitting on something. It looks like it's actually hovering.
0: It's fantastic. And what is it about Back to the Future that 35 years later it's, it's still so popular, do you think?
3: Well, you know, I think back in the 80s, you know, they just made so many iconic films that it's kind of hard to replicate that in today's, you know, society in a way. You think a lot of times people utilize the CGI more. I mean, we didn't have that technology back then in the day, so you had to use other types of methods, which, to me personally, I think is becoming a lost trait. So, you know, people like me and, uh, you know, within my era, you know, those, those iconic films were, it really was the actor and the storyline that made the film as opposed to CGI that made the film. I think that's what's keeping it uh, with such a strong following, even to
0: this day. Do you agree, then, it's our premise of our show, that the 80s were the best decade for pop culture will fight your decade? Oh, hands down.
3: 80s, hands down. I mean, just look at it today. I mean, they're they're taking our era and trying to put it in in today's society. You know, you got Stranger Things is a, is a prime example of that. Look how successful that is. Um, and then you have on Cobra Kai, You know, you got the Cobra Kai from the the Karate Kid era. What happened to the new movies? You don't hear about them anymore. You got Ralph Macchio coming back and the whole cast. So if that doesn't tell you that the 80s was an iconic moment in our history, then I don't, you know,
0: I think it's a lost cause. Very good. Thank you so much, Scott. I appreciate your time.
3: Thank you. I appreciate it.
0: So the one cool thing, as you heard about the DeLorean, was that you can you can pay to have it at different events. You know, I don't know how much it would cost, but of course my my wheels started spinning immediately. Do you want it to be cool for us to get it for some idiots? That thing? would be cool. I guess I could just go out in the driveway in
1: between our two garages, hmm. I bet I could make your car hover.
0: Okay, yeah. I, now I picture you know uh, many cars in my neighborhood where I grew up in the 1980s. <laughs> they were hovering too on yeah. cinder blocks. <laughs> yeah. Um, So if that's what you got in mind, pass. All right. And to find out how you can have a DeLorean for your next event, whether it's on four wheels or floating above the street, track down Ohio Time Machine Rental on Facebook. All right, so and was that it? Is that 80s news? I think we can wrap up our 80s news. Dun, 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 dun. Dang it, I didn't add the Akin. I meant to add the Akin. <laughs> and in just a moment, we'll be right back with my interview with two 1980s icons. Uh, legendary Wrestling Hall of Famer, Honky Tonk Man. And... The original and the greatest, Jennifer Parker, Miss Claudia Wells. Hey, feeling a little bummed that you missed the fun at Wizard World in Columbus, Ohio? Well, don't, because there's plenty more Wizard Worlds coming up, including the next one, October 25th, 26th, and 27th in Madison, Wisconsin. But there's plenty others, too, including one in a city near you. Check out wizardworld.com for more information. All right, so as we mentioned a moment ago, I had the great pleasure of speaking with World Wrestling Federation. I say federation because that's my wrestling yeah, baby. Yep. I don't know what this E is for. Well, that's when they told them to get the F out. Oh, <laughs> well, they did. Well, a company did, right? Though that, that
1: was their slogan for a while.
0: Yeah, because because uh, of that uh, other organization, the World Wildlife F- <laughs> yeah. Fund or something. I don't like know that. how they couldn't beat out the the yeah. wildlife people. Well, Keep yeah, the name. it's probably just a matter of timing who had it first sort of thing. But got to speak with the legendary Honky Tonk Man who is who was inducted this year into the WW, I'm going to say F again, uh, 2019 Hall of Fame. My feeling just before I even got to speak to him was that the 1980s was the best decade for wrestling. And we're going to do an episode in the future, a longer episode where we, you know, either prove or disprove, you
1: know, or find out we're wrong, maybe. I think Honky Tonk Man would agree with us that the 80s was the best for wrestling. So.
0: Let's find out. I did ask him that. So yeah. without... Should I just play that interview? Let's, let's
1: play the interview, and then we can talk about it when we're done listening to it. All right, cool. So here you go. Here's uh, my interview with Honky
0: Tonk Man. It was World Columbus, Ohio this past weekend. I should say, ladies and gentlemen, we're speaking with Honky Tonk Get Man. Get up close to me because Okay, yes. You. We're speaking with the legendary Honky Tonk Man of wrestling fame. Uh, just so you know, I host a podcast that celebrates the 1980s. I know you began your wrestling career in the seventies, and yes, I certainly imagine you've been a fan of wrestling in the decades yes, since.
4: Yes, yes. Oh, I'm I'm an '80s guy all the way. Okay, very, yes. Well, this
0: is easy. I don't have to convince you. Or we, we routinely speak with experts to confirm objectively is our goal that the '1980s was the best for everything, including wrestling.
4: Gosh, it was. I mean, that was when our big boom was uh, was going. You know, with the Hulkamania and right, and uh, the WrestleManias took off, and I came in in '80. 687 and was there during the the real big boom where we would go to all these major arenas around the country and around the world 20-25,000 people sold out every night of the week everywhere we went 300 days a year it was really incredible and then of course we had action figures we had a cartoon show we had uh, baseball trading cards we had ice cream bars we had Lunch boxes for kids. I mean, you name it. The WWE was WWF back then. Sure, they put all these things out. It was a major, major marketing uh, uh, thing that they did, and and uh, of course, getting on national television in the '80s was uh, was something that really helped us because typically before that, wrestling was uh, regional, on regional, localized TV. Okay,
0: and so. Is there something about the '80s that, in that era of wrestling, that you think makes it made it more special or, or bigger? It seems like if you were alive and and had a television, you were watching wrestling. I think maybe it's a little more segmented today.
4: Yeah, I. The thing I think today's product I, I equate it to. It's very much like the video game, okay? Because the the kids and the fans of the '80s we're not so big into the video game stuff as they are now. The 90s the video game started to take off and then in the now in in this 2000s the video game market is huge now. Even with there, there's there's people in Hollywood, look at Hollywood itself. Sometimes you can have an actor in a movie and there can you, you really don't have to have supporting cast anymore. It's all done on a green screen. It's all <laughs> right. digitized. Yes. I mean, some of the best movies that they don't even have, they don't go on locations and do anything. So the whole dynamics has changed, and the television is moving much faster now. Hmm. Us, us, a lot of us around America, we want things right away we need our 24 hour news cycle we right. need our cable television 24 hours and all those things that we never got in the 60s the 70s and in the 80s it started to come in and it took off but the, the wrestling itself now the characters do their matches very much like the video game it's Ooh. really fast it's up and down we were much slower and more deliberate right. so the fans could see what we're doing it wasn't so action-packed we saved the action for certain times and uh that's what made our product different uh and of course the tv production was very good back then it had changed in the 80s from the 70s where there was a dark lit you know building <laughs> sure. with the with the, the three lights hanging right. over the ring like <laughs> yeah, a, you know, not know rocky movie or something <laughs> uh but we were in big buildings with lights and we had uh you know, the flash bulbs going off, and we had the fireworks and all those things. So that that changed a lot also, do, the do, entertainment factor.
0: And, and speaking of the entertainment, uh, certainly, and I don't think I'm saying something controversial today. In the 80s, we believed wrestling was exactly as it was presented. I saw an article in Forbes uh, from earlier this year where they said wrestling ratings are down, and maybe it's because every opportunity—this is the, art, the author's point of view— that every opportunity the WWE has, they remind the folks what you're watching is pre-planned, it's staged, you know, everybody's really friends. In the 80s, we didn't know that, and there was an... Yeah. Would that, it, this author says it's kind of akin to, in the middle of the movie, someone saying, just so you know, this is a stunt about to happen, and everyone's fine, and you think that's had any... Maybe in the 80s, it was better for that reason.
4: You know, in the 70s, when I started, uh, it was like the best-kept secret ever. And we were chastised by our peers and by our uh, employers if we did something that actually exposed behind the curtains what was going on. And we were chastised about it, big time, huge. Even though news programs and things tried to get a sneak peek at what we did, we still tried to protect it. And then as time went on... uh, there was it was the legalities to it. Because of the athletic commissions, then the some of the promoters says, Okay, we'll go in front of the athletic commission so they don't take five percent of our tax dollars, we'll call it entertainment, it's not real wrestling anymore. So hmm. the people who had chastised us, our employers who reprimanded us and got onto us or fired us or beat us up
2: very because good. Yep.
4: we exposed something, huh. they were the very ones who went then in front of <laughs> I see. the state the state house of representatives and all these committees and said it's all fake no
0: kidding I didn't realize there was an economic incentive to revealing
1: so, these yes secrets. so see
4: there was always a there was always a, a hidden issue with it as opposed to just saying look we're, we're fake we're phony because you can get around a lot of those things that way uh, I even That's see it. now that the state of California has, has has got a new thing about independent contractors where you're not really an independent contractor anymore in the state of California, so WWE now has filed papers saying, we want to be exempt from that, because mm. all of their talent on talent contract is independent so, contractors. Mm. And they've battled this all over for years, and they've always, WWE has always come out on top. So now the state of California understand, and I said this, I must have ESP. I said, <laughs> oh, well, either WWE just never go to California again, or Finally, the buildings are sitting empty, and they want a WrestleMania so bad in Los Angeles, or San Francisco, or San Diego. Okay, we'll waive this for you guys for this weekend. <laughs> right. And I'll be darned. I think that's what they're going to yeah. do. Well, we're going to we're going to waive it for certain things. I see. I see. Yeah. Well, so it's it's important. But yeah, to but to say that, well, we were getting a lot of injuries from kids doing things at home. You know, trying. I had to, some trying, friends like that trying to do <laughs> yeah, our moves. Yeah. With you know, with your brother, or your sister, or your cousin oh, yeah. in the backyard, or on the couch, or or you know, in the spare bedroom, and you're tearing the furniture up, and mom and dad, and <laughs> you got a broken arm, and it's like, sure. look, tell the people this thing. Don't try this at home, and and so that's, I really think, it's like a magician when you show everyone how you do the card trick, it's not any fun anymore. Right.
0: right. Yes, absolutely. Well, I thank you for your
4: time. Uh, that was a good question. I. I Because I think people need to understand that that we've always been an entertainment. We've always been entertainment. Uh, A lot of times when I talk about the commissions, boxing and wrestling, and now it's MMA, we all got grouped together. So we would have to obey the same rules as, say, boxing. I I had a questionnaire for a uh, licensing in Kentucky a couple years ago. Last year, I think it was. How many times have I been knocked out? When was the last time I was knocked out? How long were you unconscious when you were knocked out? We don't get really, like, knocked out in <laughs> yes. wrestling unless something, ex- something extraordinarily bad. happens. That, that I mean, <laughs> so I couldn't answer those questions. But they shouldn't clump us together. Sure. We're, we're a traveling theatrical stage show, but it is... It's it's very injury prone. There's some people been seriously injured trying to do what we do. Right. Even in our business, people are trained professionals. But right. people get injured on every job. When you look at it, when you think about it, sure. people get injured in NBA, baseball. You can be in the grandstands in baseball and get hit and get get injured. So. Uh, that's all should be taken with a grain of salt. I'm just glad the fans still turn out for us and still love to see us, Absolutely. and that they still
0: remember me. Oh, of course, we couldn't forget you. Yeah, I. To be honest, I think the last time I watched wrestling was when you were wrestling. Still, I think you ended in '89 or '90 at the end of the '80s. I don't think I've really, I haven't been a big fan since. For me, that was the '80s was the best for everything, including including well, wrestling. For and that since reason. you
4: mentioned that, a lot of times people say, "Were you an Elvis fan?" Because I have, you know, sure. sideburns like that. Were you an Elvis fan? And I went, gosh, no, man. I was the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. <laughs> I mean, <Right. laughs> you yeah. know, I, I like the guys from the 70s and the 80s. And people ask me now, well, do you remember this? Do you remember that? And I say, you know, I'm like Jerry Garcia and them guys, man. That was all a haze. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yep. Yeah, well, it was a pleasure speaking with you. Thanks, Hockey man Thank you.
1: Honky Tonk Man sounds like somebody that I would hang out in my garage and drink beer with all day. I think we can make that happen. I think that would be awesome. I'm not
0: sure where he lives now, but I mean, you know. I think uh, on his wiki page, he's listed as Arizona, so it'd be a long drive. Yeah, but such, I mean, such a sweet man, so smart, and uh, Mm -hmm. I learned a lot there because, you know... uh, perspective on wrestling in such a way that I hadn't considered, like that idea that it was better economically business-wise for them to admit that, that wrestling wasn't real because otherwise then then they could avoid having to comply with all these sports regulations.
1: Yeah. But for us as kids, we thought it was real. Oh gosh. Yes. So yeah, like, like in the interview, you know, I dropped a pile driver
0: or two back in my day on my brother and I'm sure I
1: got a clothesline out of them. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I mean, we
0: thought it was real. So yeah, I got to tell you, when I, when I was about to ask him that question, you'll notice I didn't say the word fake at any point because I wasn't really sure where he stood. You know, I just met the man a few minutes earlier, and I was really thinking, if I say this the wrong way, he may just body slam me. I don't know what the honky-tonk man... Oh, wait, it was his move to smash a guitar over my back or something like that. Well, yeah, he could do
1: that, too. Yeah, but it would have been amazing if you could have got him to body slam you in the middle of Wizard <laughs> World. That would have been awesome. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, amazing. I mean, It would have been great. Yeah, great for the show, maybe. <laughs> Um, But he was, you know, he's a really nice guy, really great guy, great to talk to. Um, My hope is we'll get to interview him at some some point in the future when we talk about uh, 1980s wrestling and get to talk to him for a longer period of time. Uh, I'm sure you could think of many more questions as as a 1980s wrestling fan yourself.
1: Well, I just want to ask him a lot of, as usual, I just have a lot of weird questions that I like to ask people that have nothing related to, you know, anything with wrestling. But it's just related to him as a person. But I'm not giving any of them away yeah, right Yeah, no, I know.
0: Save all that. Saving them. Yes. So, once again, thanks, Honky Tonk Man, for your time. And in addition to Honky Tonk, I had the chance to speak with another 80s icon, Ms. Claudia Wells, the original Jennifer Parker, our favorite Jennifer Parker from Back to the Future, which is one of my favorite movies. There's a poster of it hanging right behind you. I get yeah. to see it. See, and I did this strategically, so I can look at that, even though, you know, behind me is Empire Strikes Back. Not that, you know, this is one of my favorite well, movies.
1: You know, Han, you know... Han is one of my favorite characters, so that's yeah. fine by me. So, yeah,
0: I figured, you know, you get to look at that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so Jennifer Parker, um, I had a crush on her when I saw the movie when it came out. You know, I think I even say this during the interview. I wanted to date a girl like Marty McFly that had that, you know, pink denim jacket or whatever <laughs> it's that she wore, you know. Um, in any case, okay, so I'll, I'll play the uh, interview. And we could talk about yep. uh, let's, uh, Claudia Wells. Let's take a listen. Hi. 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 So we're here talking with Claudia Wells, the original... Jennifer Parker and our favorite Jennifer uh, from Back to the Future. Um, So our show, because you don't know it, is uh, we try to prove objectively that the 1980s was the best decade for pop Ever in the history of the world. Yes, that's it. That's the end of the show. We don't have to do any more if we have you vouching for us. But I know that you studied opera and sing opera. I did. And we're we're similar in age. So even though I identify with 80s pop culture, you seem like you might be an older soul. Is there a a particular decade or generation that you feel closer to,
5: maybe? I know more about um, things that were older. I started opera when I was eight years old in San Francisco at the San Francisco Grand Opera House, wow. and I was in 10 operas between the age of 8 and 12, and I was a founding member of the San Francisco Girls Chorus, wow. and I was raised with mostly just adults, right. so I was accustomed to being with an older crowd, so um, I'm not sure what... Decade that would put me in
0: <laughs> the 1780s, I think. The
5: maybe. 1780s, but I do agree. The 80s was one of the greatest decades, and anyone who wasn't in it really would have. They they say that they would have loved to have been in it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, yes. All and all, 80 stuff is coming
5: back. I know. So there's the proof. and Riverdale 80s stars are right. starring in in right. shows right. and um, basically any really big movie from the 80s. I screen tested for. <laughs> no kidding. Seriously. Um, Adventures of Babysitting was between Phoebe Cates, me, yep. and Elizabeth Shue. Okay. And then she ended up doing my right. part, which is weird. And then I ended up doing Phoebe Cates' part in Fast Times, the TV series version of okay. Fast Times oh, Ridgemont High. I screen tested for Goonies, Gremlins, oh. Young Sherlock Holmes, and... So many others. Well, we needed more
0: Claudia Wells in the 80s. I'm sorry that I didn't get to see you then. Because I immediately had a crush on you. Of course, I was probably 14 or 15 at the time. Um, So, you know, maybe you've had time to think about this. Um, For me, I thought about this. Jennifer is the hero of the entire movie. And I have
5: a. Wait, say that again? Jennifer
0: is the hero of Back to the Future. Really? Yes. And you can. This is objective here. Okay. And this is the first clue. When okay. you sign the back of the, say, the clock tower... Right. ...with your phone number, power love kicks in. You can tell I've seen this more than once. Right. Power love kicks in. Yes. But for you having done that, Marty would never have been able to get back to the future because they wouldn't have known when the lightning <gasps> was going to strike.
5: You're right. So there you go. Wow. So... I'm it, with you on now that. Now you've got
0: that. That's
5: amazing. <laughs> so... That's so nice. Yes. I love that. <laughs> Thank you.
0: So I have the obviously we love you and back to the future Thank you. um but i wanted to ask you about fashion if i could because I, well, I know that you so
5: happy you asked i know
0: that for close to 30 years now you've had That's armani right. wells armani right?
5: Wells in studio city and actually because i'm doing so many tour travel jobs um, to meet fans and sign autographs and do different things my store is now open by appointment only oh that way i don't disappoint any of my customers by having them show up and my not being there. Because if I'm not there, the store is not open. Very good. So they go to ArmaniWells.com, schedule an appointment. My schedule's there. And that way I don't miss as much as I I, I would. But it's high-end men's resale fashion at discount prices.
0: So that's an amazing bonus, getting to shop and meet you and have you help them, you know, meet I men love it. with their fashion. And
5: it's funny because I get fans in every week uh, from all o- over the world. Mm-hmm. And then I've got my regulars who didn't realize until maybe recently that I'm Jennifer Parker. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you never told me that. <laughs> I say, you never asked.
0: <laughs> so because of that, and yeah. because of your you know, association with the 80s, I can't think of a better person to, to ask about 80s fashion. This is the one spot where on our show we've avoided it. Okay. And I don't know if I can say 80s fashion was the best fashion
1: not or not. Not
5: necessarily. Now, I grew up in San Francisco where I was very... We had to wear... White tights, patent leather shoes, and white gloves to go downtown
1: with my mom. (laughs)
5: So I grew up that way. But I moved to L.A. to um, further pursue acting right before I turned 14. I'll tell you what was the most popular thing in the ninth grade. Jeans, white um, bobby socks that were like not thick, pumps, like burgundy pumps, and a shirt tied around your waist. Beverly Hills High School. Right. Because I remember trying so hard to be like the other girls, and I thought I was just so cool. (laughs) And I was taught, you have to wear pumps, white bobby socks, jeans, and a shirt tied around your waist. So that would be iconic 80s Hmm. style.
0: And is that a style that you think is uh, timeless or has stood the test of time? I know we see a lot of fashion come back around, you know. Every 20 years or so. but um, Actually,
5: it's, it's, it, I want to say no, but it does sound kind of cute when I think about it. Yeah. I might bring it back. Or yeah. Nolan Miller, St. John Knits. I wore a lot of those to evening dinner parties. <laughs> uh, the big shoulder pads. Right. Uh, yeah. The the waist belts.
0: So I think I still have to, with regard to 80s fashion, it's mm. still a question for us. Um, Again, I don't know that and maybe I'm so far we haven't been wrong on our show. We've talked okay. to various folks in different industries and every time I see, we're able to objectively say the 80s was the best fashion, uh, I don't know.
5: I think the um you know 80s are coming back because people are doing shoulder pads again.
0: Oh, is, I did not know that. Well, okay. now well, I can tell you that. Now, good. I
5: think 80s men's fashion does not win the prize as being the best okay. because the lapels were very wide, the pants were very full. Right. The um, buttons of a, a suit jacket were very low. So I say no to 80s clothes for men. Very and good. I say I think it'd be okay for the 80s clothes for women. There.
0: That, that, That's
5: my professional opinion.
0: I will take that because you, you are the professional. Yeah, and you know what? I, it, again, this is uh, an aside, however. I wanted to meet a girl who wore a denim jacket. Ah, <laughs> just because I posted
5: on Instagram, I was wearing one of Marty's denim jackets in a time machine a couple weeks ago when I did a show in that Anaheim. Right?
0: <laughs> That's excellent. Thank you so much for your time. I really Thank appreciate you. it, Claudia. My
5: pleasure. You're awesome. And may I say, yes. very handsome. <laughs> let, <laughs> it, let the record show. <laughs> I'm looking <laughs> at you and you're very handsome.
0: I'm going to live off that for the rest of my life. <laughs> so there you go. Claudia Wells, such a sweet woman. You know, most people don't know this, but like I said in the interview, for 30 years now, she's been doing fashion. So, you know, she, I, I want to say this probably, I guess, you know, some few years after Back to the Future, she's been doing this so fashion thing so perfect for us to ask that. Although, and I didn't tell you this ahead of time, we may have a, see, we found that we were wrong with regard to men's fashion of the 80s. You heard that.
1: I disagree with that. Um, I think she sounded adorable, and I think she should come on the show, and we will talk about men's fashion in the 80s. Because the metal community had awesome
0: fashion in the 80s. Okay, I could see maybe that. And I could see, you know, some of those fashions still survive today. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, just like, yeah, much like Honky Tonk Man, my hope is to be able to get Claudia Wells on the show for a, an extended interview so that we can maybe settle these things a little bit better. It's a little hard in the...
1: Yeah, when they when someone's standing behind her screaming at you and waving arms like, stop.
0: Yes, well yeah, and uh, you know Claudia and, and Honky Tonk uh, had autographs to sign and, and photos to take. so you know they were very generous to take some time out to speak with us. Um, but uh, it, w- it would be great to speak with them longer. So if you'd like to follow and like Claudia Wells and you should, you can find her on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter as the Claudia Wells. You can also visit her uh, at claudiawells.com. And for more information about how you can shop with Claudia Wells at Claudia Wells's store, Armani Wells, you can visit armaniwells.com to schedule an appointment. What was that other thing we were talking about before? The special announcement? Yeah, the special announcement. I think, well, hey, we can do it right now. I think we should. Okay, so as everybody knows, unfortunately, Claudia was not able to reprise her role as Jennifer uh, Parker in Back to the Future 2 or Back to the Future 3. She had some family issues that she needed to address, uh, as any good person would do. But, to fill in her shoes, Elizabeth Shoe was cast as Jennifer Parker, as you know. Okay? And now, cut two. Do I say that a lot? I know I said it earlier at some other story. Everyone
1: needs things that they repeat.
0: Okay. Cut to... Another show that we love, Cobra Kai, that's on the air right now, is a continuation of the Karate Kid story that has Elizabeth Shue in the original film, playing Allie with an eye. Which is where we came up with a great idea. Right. So Allie with an eye is not on Cobra Kai yet, but they tease that she might be coming back. If you remember at the end, when the phone is mm-hmm. in the water or whatever it says. Spoiler. She, she friended, she tries <laughs> to friend uh, uh, Johnny's character at the end there, right? So... There, I just rechecked again just now as we're recording this to make sure. We checked earlier. There is no indication that Elizabeth Shue is, has been cast as Allie with an eye. The most recently, Elizabeth Shue says she's been approached, but she's not sure she's going to do it. So I think in a just a stroke of you know sort of poetic and cosmic, uh, I don't know, unity or peace or you know some some other adjectives, um, it would be amazing if she's unable to reprise that role that they cast instead Claudia Wells.
1: It seems like the the logical thing to do, doesn't it? Yes, it seems like the
0: poetic thing to do. It's, yeah. I feel like there's just a I don't know, some sort of uh, thing that I've have has always been unresolved inside of me will mm-hmm. have been settled, you know? I mean, and so what are we starting to accomplish this? Right, so we need your help. So if you go to our Facebook page at the idiots or our website at uh theidiotspod.com, you'll find a link to the Change.org petition. And on Change.org, you can find really important petitions to change the world, including ours, <laughs> to get Claudia Wills cast as Allie with an eye. And you could also find a bunch of frivolous, you know, petitions too. Yeah, whales and sea lions yes. stuff. and Well, sign them all. Sign them all. But definitely sign this one, and let's help uh, get a, get in touch with the producers and let them know that we, the fans of... All things from 1980s, and certainly a fan of Back to the Future and Cry Kid, have a perfect solution if they're unable to get Elizabeth Shue to play that role. And again, so- somehow bring some sort of balance to the 80s force. Nice. I guess. There you go. Um, so how do we wrap this up then? Well, so we have... Go. I've got it all figured out. Oh,
1: you do? I do. You think we proved something? We have proven something. Oh, well, I guess, yeah, well, I guess we have. Uh, yes. We have proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that the guests at Wizard World from the 1980s and those who love the 80s are better than any other guests at Wizard World.
0: Yes, I agree. And there were plenty of others there. Yeah. No interest in them. I have no interest in them. Mm. Mm. Nope. Very good. All right, well, we'll talk to you next time on The 80s. See ya.